So let me thank my awesome sponsor, Gummy Cube. And they ask you this simple question, is your app visible in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store? That means are people actually finding your app in those app stores? Well, Gummy Cube, I think, are the best resource you can have to optimize your app and increase your search rankings. See how you can increase your revenue with App Store optimization. And to, to learn more, go to www.gummycube.com. That is www.gummycube.com. Thanks, Gummy Cube, for sponsoring the show. So I have a highly relevant sponsor who I think you'll want to go and get a free consultation with. Uh, they are called Apptentive. And uh, don't just take my word for it. Let me read out what people are saying. They're falling in love with this service. Uh, there is a company called Big Fish Games, and this is what they're saying. Apptentive's SDK was the easiest integration I've done. It just works. It's dead simple. There's uh, a big name developer telling you how awesome they are. So go and find out. Go to www.apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. Thank you very much to Apptentive for being so awesome. My name is Maz Naj. I'm the founder and creator of SoAppli, and I'm listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. It's me, your host. I'm Paul Kemp. This is the show that gets you close to the app entrepreneurs who are doing wonderful things in the world of apps. So if you're just interested in app development or if you're interested in what app entrepreneurs, startup founders do, this is the show for you. Now, I have a special guest today. His name is Taylor Kavanagh and he is in San Diego, San Diego, I believe, and you're the founder and CEO of Pet Partner, which has an app. We're going to talk about that, your journey with that and what it is you're getting up to. So Taylor, Welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Tell us about Pet Partner. What, did it, what, what are you doing? Yeah, well, uh, maybe I'll take a quick step back because the, uh, the company name is actually Lokai, L-O-C-A-I. And um, we're doing business as the, uh, the Pet Partner app now. And I'm sure we'll get into the, uh, the last five years and how we went from doing one thing and doing something completely different. Well, let's do it. Let's do that now. Why not? Let's start back from your very humble beginnings as um, a company. What, what, <laughs> yeah, how, did it, so, how did it all start? Um, so my co-founder and I, uh, my co-founder is Ken Chu. Um, he is the CTO, uh, the technical brains behind all of it. Um, I am kind of the technical business guy, you know, product manager. Um, we work together in the nanotechnology space. Um, I'm actually a physicist. He's a computer engineer. Um, and we turned 30 and we realized we didn't want to work for other people. And we had this, you know, super killer, awesome app idea. This was like 2010 or so. Um, and we were going to go make, uh, you know, a better Foursquare, basically. That, that, that was the idea of Loci. It was going to be forums at places and, um, a physicist and a computer engineer who knew nothing about social or any of that was, uh, we quit our jobs, um, had all of our savings, put it all into the company and, uh, and started Loci. Um, Let's go back to that point because that's the one thing where people find that incredibly hard to do. You are in the nanotechnology field, you've got a wonderful career 
how hard mm-hmm. was it for you to actually then take that jump, that leap of faith to quit your job? Uh, yeah, it was pretty difficult. Um, <laughs> I, I was actually two months away from vesting in the first year. We had sold that company to another company. Um, and I was two months away from vesting you know, the first year with the new company um, and kind of being offered a bigger job there as well. Uh, so it, it's interesting because I think we, we knew that the handcuffs were about to come on um, and there would, just, there would be no way that we'd be able to leave, right? If, if okay, we're vested now and we've got all this stuff. Um, so it, it kind of gave us the motivation to say, we've got to do this now, otherwise we never will. Um, and that, that's really how we looked at it. And then we said, you know, the worst, the worst possible case scenario is we completely, utterly fail and we go get really good jobs because we have startup experience, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So, the, so I, love the, point, I love the way you looked easy. at that. I, I must admit, yeah. I, I do, because you, you took what, what some people could have thought as like a wonderful opportunity and you actually presented it as, uh, a terrible risk because it's the risk of being tied up and, and and not being able to do what you really want to do. Yeah, and you know, ultimately, um, happiness really. We it, Ken and I we ha- we have an interesting philosophy on on money and happiness. Um, there is a certain threshold of money that you have to have to be happy. Like money does equal happiness, um, but above that threshold, true happiness does come from other things, right? Um, and when we looked at like, what are we going to be doing over the next 10 to 20 years? Um, we, we realized that this was what was going to keep us, keep us happy. So. <laughs> I love that. That's, so there is a certain threshold and, and you're right that when you, um, it, going above it, it does not equal happiness, but, but going below it, that, you know, you, all you can think of is where, where's the next paycheck coming from? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, so you started now uh, Lokai, and uh, that is um, going to be the next, uh, what, Foursquare? Yeah, so at that time, um, so uh, th- this will be part of the podcast when we explore everything not to do, basically. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that, because, I mean, uh, 2010, I, I, I remember that was the first time I discovered Foursquare, so yeah. you definitely was like a hot topic back then. Yeah, it was, you know, social location or whatever we called it back then um, was was the big thing going on. Uh, and, you know, I think the the first lesson that we learned was if you can, if you're going to do an app or you're going to start a business, do it in something that you already know. Like do it in the industry that we were in semiconductor. We were selling to semiconductor guys. Um probably would have been a better idea to make something for that, right? Because you have the connections, you know what you're doing, all, all of that. Um, it was very naive of us to think that we were going to understand everything about a completely new industry, make all new connections, and build an app, and build a business, um, and you know, survive on ramen alone for, for the, <laughs> that first year. Um, that, that was the, the first lesson learned. Um, and then you know the other the other I think big lesson in it is um, if there are major apps who have major funding and who have offices sitting next to Mashable and CEOs that you know are well known around the valley, um, and you're trying to do something very similar in the same space, 
uh, you better have some other crazy competitive advantage um, in in what you're building, right? Um, or or some way to grow, you know, regionally and uh, and and get to critical mass then without without being able to use the standard kind of PR tactics and connections and you know dropping ten million dollars on on client acquisition, right? Um. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm going to repeat the two things that I've learned from you right now, uh, just so that we we've got those uh, important lessons. One is do something you know. I totally I totally get that. I did something I didn't know. Completely failed. And I'd, I'd gone from finance to something in cars. <laughs> it was just the worst ever thing. Yep. I didn't know anything. I didn't know the industry. So uh, I definitely reinforced that lesson. And then the second one, don't compete against those really big, well-funded uh, startups or companies uh, unless you're going to compete on a different level or do something unique because they're, they've got the PR clout, they've got the money, they can buy, uh, buy themselves access and publicity uh, and it's just too hard to compete. Yeah, exactly. Got I mean, I, you know, a big part of this is having an unfair advantage. Like, um, I, I remember, I don't remember who said this, but it was one of, it was a good, is a, you know, a VC guy, but he said he was tired of entrepreneurs coming to him and, um, uh, with a chicken and the egg problem and saying like, well, it's just a chicken and the egg. So give me money and I'll fix it. Um, he said, no, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to solve the chicken. Like it's your, you're the one who's solving the chicken and the egg problem. Right. And if you're going to go raise money or even if, if you're going to give up your life, cause that is what you're doing. If you're going to go start your own company, if you're going to give up your life for the next five years and focus on something, you need to make sure that you have some type of unfair advantage that you can use to solve that chicken and the egg problem that nobody else can do. Right. That was definitely something we were missing in the early days. Wonderful. And then, uh, so uh, I'm guessing that then the initial uh, startup was like a failure and you've pivoted. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So we, um, uh, we, we built a lot of great technology, over-engineered. That was another problem. You know, we, um, we didn't get it out to customers fast enough. Basically, all the problems you've ever heard of, like we did all of them. Um, and, and but we had this technology platform. Um, we didn't have any money. Uh, I actually we started in Dallas. I had moved out to San Diego because uh, to follow a girl who's now my wife, and we have a kid, so it worked out. Congratulations, um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> thank you. Some people would um, say that's more successful than the startup, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do not have a kid if <laughs> if you're doing startup. <laughs> It is insane. Well, I got, um, I got twin boys, so I know what you're, th- you're talking about. You then. know, you doubly know then, for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, we, you know, we basically had three thousand dollars left in the in the business bank account. We were all, you know, we had already kind of burned through all of our money to live off of and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh. I had an advisor out here, and we got fortunate enough that they needed some software development for a new device that they were bringing out. Um, so, you know, we had a decision to make: do we do we sort of work for somebody else and help them launch a business? Uh, it was like a iPod Touch, but for the Android market. Um, 
but you know, this will bring in money and then we'll be able to figure out what we're really going to do. Uh, or do we go back and get jobs and all that kind of stuff? Um, we were kind of addicted at this point. So um, we said, yeah, let's go do this. We built all the software um, for those guys, helped them. It was their first startup as well. Um, and got that all launched. Uh, and it ended up failing as well, unfortunately. Um, on the hard hardware is a very difficult thing to do. Um, but fortunately, um, my uncle-in-law had been yelling at us for like two years to go into the pet space. Um, and just saying that veterinarians were 10 years behind and really needed something and um, <clears throat> were dog lovers. And we had gotten over, you know, creating the next Facebook or, you know, being these app billionaires that everyone kind of reads about and dreams about. Um, and, and we went back to our roots and understanding business problems. And we said, hey, you know what? We can actually take our platform, apply it to these business problems, sell it to these businesses who pay for this kind of stuff, um, and, and build a real business. Uh, I went to the their kind of their big industry trade show like three years ago and uh, called Ken from the show and said, "Okay, take the Loki platform and like build it for for vets." And three months later, we had the Pet Partner app out and we're trialing it at my vet here in San Diego. And I love the fact that you've just again stumbled on the big long running theme throughout my entire podcast series, which is uh, solving real world problems. So let's try let's try and understand a little bit more then what what problem it is you're solving amongst uh, the uh, what the vet veterinarians that are um, needing this. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> local veterinarians unfortunately have a lot of problems right now, uh, at least in in, in North America. Um, they are losing money to um, you know they'll they'll do boarding and grooming as well. So they're actually losing money to tech companies like. Rover and you know these Airbnb for dogs kind of kind of solutions. Right. Um, BarkBox as well as getting into vet care. Um, they the the local business. So we really sell to like a vet that ha- that owns his own business, right? One location, maybe two locations. Um, they're getting pushed out by like corporate competitors. They're not able to communicate with their clients, um, and like they're literally getting websites right now. Some of these guys. Um, so we we essentially come in and do all of their client communications. Um, we we actually had to build some older style technology because they still need to send postcards. You know, we send emails and text messages, but really, what we're giving them is an app that their clients can then um, basically use as a loyalty app. So they can request appointments, they get reminders. Um, Think of it as MindBody, if you're familiar with the MindBody, like the fitness app um, for the pet care space. Um, And and, the pet care care space is huge, isn't it? Like there's a multi, I'm guessing it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah, so the, well, the the entire pet industry is about 60 billion and the pet services is about 20 billion. Um, Of that 20 billion, about 15 billion is, is just in veterinary care. Um, but it's shrinking. So the pet industry has actually never had a down year. It's grown every single year since they started tracking it. The vet portion of it, though, the vet services, has actually been shrinking over the last five years. 
Um, a lot of reasons vaccines have gone from one year to three year and they, they tied your annual visit with your vaccine. And so then, you know, people don't bring in their dogs every year anymore. Um, that's one of the, it's, it's actually a $5 billion opportunity. Um, the, the idea of pet compliance, making sure that your pet comes in every single year. Um, only like 60% of pets are compliant, um, which equates to about $5 billion. Um, and, and that's not even talking about, you know, customer churn, customers going to corporate um, competitors, uh, you know, customers not showing up. Um, those are all the kind of day-to-day business problems that we solve for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, no wonder your app- uncle was shouting from the roofs that you should be doing this because 60 billion, 15 billion, I mean, it's just like a huge uh, opportunity. It is. And, and the other thing, you know, when we were thinking through this, because um, I, I, I do think that, that there are a lot of opportunities like this and you're starting to see more companies doing things in the app mobile space for local businesses and, and, you know, just B2C kind of thing, B2B to C. Um, one of the reasons why we loved the pet space is one, you have, it, it's more personal, right? You've got insane pet owners, love their pets, already have a billion pictures of their pets on their phone. Um, so you have that, like, you know, people are not going to download apps for the most part and people are not going to use or keep apps for the most part, right? Like, most app usage is across like 20 apps in the world, I think, or something. Um, so you really, you need, again, this you know, unfair advantage, you need a reason for them to, to use it. Them loving their pets was, was one of those reasons for us. Um, and then what we also liked was in the pet care industry, it's kind of a microcosm of the greater local services. So you've got vets, groomers, boarders, um, and if you think about it, vets are kind of like doctors or dentists. Groomers are like hairstylists. Boarders are like hotels. Um, and so we could we could have these sub verticals that we all that all come around one single theme. And so later on, if we wanted to go cross vertical, we'd already sort of know um, you know how that would work. So I have a highly relevant sponsor for this show. It's called Gummy Cube. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, Gummy Cube. And they are the world's best experts when it comes to app store optimization. Now, what they can do is help you answer these questions. What are the best keywords to target for your app? What's the best name for your app? What's the best description? You see, Apple and Google use those details to rank your app. So you need to be thinking about them. You need to be A, B, A, B split testing them and, and just doing a lot of work with App Store optimization. So to take the headache away from you, just go and use the world's best experts in App Store optimization. That's Gummy Cube. So I want to thank Gummy Cube for being an awesome sponsor and just remind you that you can go to www.gummycube.com and go and check out what they can do for you. Thanks very much for supporting the show. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, I just want to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Uh, they're apptentive.com. You can go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's all lowercase. And you can go and check them out. But I've got something really unique. I've got the, the co-founder of this company on the line now. And I know I've spoken to hundreds of developers and getting your app noticed in amongst these millions of apps that uh, exist is really challenging. And Apptentive and, and Roby Ganguly, who's the co-founder, can really help us out. Uh, Roby, how can you actually help us get our apps discovered? 
Yeah, you know, we talk to hundreds of app developers. We work with actually thousands of independent developers and some of the world's largest brands, companies like Urban Spoon and Nordstrom and Concur. And the biggest mistake you can make when you launch is not actually having the tools at your disposal to listen to your customers, to, to get your evangelists to talk about you in the App Store. Ratings and reviews in the App Store are the number one predictor of downloads. That's why customers will download your app. If it's four or five stars, that's why they'll take a chance on you. And so in the early days when you launch, you really want to be generating those positive reviews and you want to be hearing from your customers who aren't yet getting what they want so that you can make a better app, so that three months from now your app is better and you have hundreds of five-star reviews and people are out there talking about you. That's what momentum comes from. When a groundswell of support bubbles up through the App Store and people search for apps and they find your app as a five-star rated app, they'll download it. Well, that's great. Well, I do think that people should go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. I highly recommend you and I'm just so thrilled that you could support this show. This is a fascinating story. Now, there are two things that we need to do before we say goodbye. One is that the Appster tribe listening to this don't have good ideas for what to do for apps, and you've stumbled across an amazing idea. I wondered if we could flesh out from you the big pain points that you're seeing in your business right now, one of the biggest challenges maybe, and perhaps we can use that to start to flesh out uh, an app that could solve your your frustrations as a business. So are you able to give us like what your big frustrations are? Yeah. Um, actually, I have a huge one. Uh, my buddy, who's the CTO of another company at the accelerator that we're at, is going to be mad because he wants to do it. But if anybody else can get to it, it'd be great. We um, in in our space, we have you know we sell these guys, right? We call them, sell them all over the phone, um, all inside sales. They give us their credit card. We're ready to go, and then we have this whole onboarding onboarding procedure. We've got like four different phone calls. We do a lot of different things to kind of get it set up. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only software company that's that's doing this. Um, <clears throat> I have not been able to find software that would allow me to manage the onboarding process like a pipeline. So um, we use HubSpot for our sales and marketing, right? You have your sales pipeline and it's got its deal stages and you work customers through that, right? Um, you can, there, there's a lot of, a lot of these pipeline tools, but they're all around sales and marketing. There's nothing around account management and account onboarding, which is much more important for the business. Like, obviously, you have to sell, but if you're doing a SaaS recurring, you know, monthly revenue type of thing, um, you've got to be retaining customers, and you have to make that process as as simple um, for your account management team, right? So you can scale on that end. Um, that would be. That would be something that would would definitely help us, and I think the rest of the industry. Yeah, because yeah, I can imagine as well that like when you're onboarding these uh, customers, these clients, uh, they're probably not the most sophisticated people in the world, are they? In terms of, uh, you know, you don't get those uh, inquiries coming through um, through an app or through online. It's as you say, traditional sales through telephone. Yeah, yeah, right. no, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, an internal tool that helps us track everything that we're doing um, that, that is much more visual-based. I mean, this would be, this would, I would see this as like, you know, an app and a web and like a web portal type of thing. Um, 
but that actually allowed us to see where every customer is in that in that onboarding pipeline be huge. Yes. Uh, well, anyone, uh, this is your opportunity to build something awesome. You've heard it. There's a need there. <laughs> Go and build it, please. And you've got two customers who would download that pretty, pretty quickly or use that. Uh, so the, the other thing is this is a show about apps. We love talking about apps. And I wondered if uh, I know you're an Android user. Uh, do you have one or two Android apps that you'd like to recommend that you think we may not have come across before? Um, yeah, funny enough, I, uh, have not used that many apps recently in the last like year or so, um, <laughs> probably because of the baby and whatnot. Um, and I've, I don't know, I felt like there hasn't been a lot of really good, awesome, useful apps lately. Um, one thing I would say is, uh, I'm using, I'm in the beta for the inbox by Gmail. Um, and we're actually using that for our business now as well. Um, and it doesn't have all of the features of Gmail, but if you can get into the beta, I would highly recommend it. It, there's some really awesome things that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's that, talk about that. Cause I mean, I've, um, I've been using, um, Google's Google, uh, apps for business and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a long time and I'm using mailbox on my app, but uh, I use, so you're actually using inbox from Google. Yeah. So this how, is their how new. How does it differ? How does it differ from Gmail? Um, so it 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 brings in snoozing, right? Which is what Mailbox kind of. If you remember the Mailbox app that was acquired by Dropbox. Yeah, that's what um, I use all the time. Like, a, someone will say, "Oh, can you get back to me in a week?" I just snooze the by swiping to the left and uh, snooze it for a week, and then that kind of comes yeah. back into my inbox, and I know to get in touch with that person. Yeah, so they stole that and rolled it in. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> they, they, which hey, stealing in this industry is like what it's all about. So, well, look, Apple uh, Music's just come out. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, Spotify. Uh, anyone? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, if you do have an app idea and and, and you know you feel like parts of it are going to be stole, you're going to steal from somebody else. Whatever, just do it. It's fine. Um, if you want to steal my idea and go into you know other verticals. Please go go do it. I'm totally cool with that as well. Um, but yeah, the other the other things that they do is um, there's a, a pinning feature which allows you to like pin messages, um, and you can quickly switch over to that view. So you know, one of the things that I I get so many emails, and the way that I've I've hacked it so that I, I know I'm not going to respond to that email right now, but like, oh, I have to do something, and it kind of becomes a to-do list for me, you know? Um, I would leave it unread. I would always read it and then mark uh, it as unread. Yes, yeah. And it like stays up at the top and all of that. Um, I'm sure a lot of other people do this as well because that's essentially the feature. They like built in that feature, so you don't have to do that. You just pin it, and then, um, and then it you know stays in this kind of pinned area. Um, and then they added reminders, so you can actually put your own kind of to-do reminders right in and they can also be snoozed and they can be pinned and and all that which which to me that is so far the coolest thing about it because it um i I hate having a to-do list that's separate from my email i'm in email all day long right um i might as well have to-dos in there and it really works 
Yeah, because I mean, that's like a little bit of an overlap with how I use email, I'm, what I'm doing. It's just like, this is interesting because I know that everyone listening to this has problems with email. I just forward um, some emails that I need to respond to to uh, Evernote. And then uh, Evernote has like, I've got a to-do list in Evernote and it has that, those mm-hmm. reminder features. So if, if Inbox is uh, taking away, uh, basically adding the reminder feature and creating a to-do list, that, that that's pretty awesome, I have to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually use Wonderlist for my to dos. That is a new app I got recently, um, but I think I'm going to move away from it, uh, at least for business. Um, the one nice thing about Wonderlist that I like is my wife and I have a shared grocery list, and so if I have to go pick up groceries, she just puts it in that list, and then I know, like, oh, okay, I got to go get this stuff. Um, yeah, well, given that you've got uh, a, a newborn and uh, I do have a developer friend who's built a baby time app, which is for <laughs> newborn babies, uh, and uh, he's having a lot of fun with that. Um, and nice. also, uh, there's, um, we've had someone on this show who's built um, uh, a social network for mums. It's called Mumco, and I think she was getting a lot of investment, angel investment for that. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a lot of apps for um, new parents, as there should be. I mean, that market is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, even even my own um, newborn baby sleep. So, well, this has been wonderful, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on the App Guy podcast. Do you feel like we covered everything we needed to in regards to your app? Have we left anything out that people should know? Uh, no, yeah, no. I think it, it was great. You know, actually, there is there is one other. Um, it's not an app, but it's really useful, and we use it. All of our salespeople use it. Um, if you're selling apps, if you're like us and you're going to be selling apps to businesses, um, uh, Reflector from Air Squirrels. Uh, it works for both Mac and PC. And you can basically put your screen in real time up on your computer. And so we use, like, we do a join me session, you know, screen share. We're going through the, the demo on the web. And then we've got the app right there so they can see the entire thing front to back. Um, that has that has transformed. It allows us to actually sell virtually. Um, so I highly recommend that. I just want to make sure I understand that. So, like, I, say I'm purchasing from you. I'm a potential prospect of yours. Uh, mm-hmm. are we are, and we're physically not in the same room. I'm getting this, the sales call from you. I go onto mm-hmm. my laptop, and I can then just log on to a site that will then have, be having a screen share of your app. Is that right? So, uh, sort of. So what we do, we use join.me for the screen share, um, but you can use anything, WebEx, whatever kind of screen share software you want to use. Um, so we do the screen share, and then we have our demo um, admin panel, which is what the veterinarians see. We have that up you know, in Google Chrome. Um, and then we have our reflector, which is showing our, the app in action. Oh, I see. Um, and but it's actually just reflecting. It uses AirPlay, so it's just reflecting, you know, from the iPhone. Um, and so you're seeing my screen, but on my screen I have it up there, and so I can actually go through and you know request an appointment in the app. You see how that works, and then I can jump over to the oh, web interface, right? Which shows, um, you know, which shows how they then respond to it. Um, you know, before that we would the only way we could have done stuff was in person, which is not feasible, just not scalable, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds amazing. So I'll make sure that I put uh, those links to the things we mentioned in the show notes. Uh, so just go to episode uh, 327 with Taylor Kavanagh and you'll see 
links to Reflector and Google Inbox and also to you because we'd like to know how best we can reach out and connect with you if you've, uh, you know, what's the best way of getting in touch? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely can send me an email, uh, put my contact information up there and you can download the app too. You can search for Pet Partner, all one word, um, in iPhone and Android and it works for everybody. Uh, your vet does not need to be signed up with us. Um, it's free, and uh, you can go request appointments all over all over North America right now. Well, I, unfortunately, I you, we're only here. Well, that's that's. I mean, there's a big U.S. Uh, portion of people listening to this show, and I'm not sure how many uh, vets are listening, but I certainly know uh, we've got a lot of dog lovers, or cat lovers who go to the vets. So I'm going to make that appeal that next time you go to a vet, if they have not got pet partner, you need to be banging on that door and telling them. Uh, they need they need it a bit like your uncle was uh, <laughs> about you getting into right. the pet industry. <laughs> That's right. Great. Well, wonderful. Thank you very much for coming on the show, uh, Taylor. All the best with um, all the rest of the years with your family as well. I know how hard that is, and uh, whilst running a startup, it's been so inspiring. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by GummyCube. GummyCube are a big data company that are collecting data into DataCube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to GummyCube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. So let me remind you that this episode has been sponsored by Apptentive. Now you can go and sign up for a free mobile app consultation by going to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash app guy. All you need to do is complete a form and what they'll do is they will evaluate uh, an overall app experience and information about how Apptentive can increase your app's ratings and reviews. So go to www.apptentive.com forward slash app guy, get that free consultation and thank you Apptentive for supporting this show.